Good heavens, it's the Bobcast. Welcome to episode 24 with me, your host, Bob Evans. My real name's Kevin Mitchell. I keep saying that at the start. I guess I feel like I should, but maybe I don't need to anymore. Thanks a lot for joining me. It's quite an exciting day for Australia today. Uh, Just literally about half an hour ago, the marriage equality laws just went through Parliament. Uh, which means uh, that we now finally have equal rights. Uh, LGBTQI plus uh, community are now able to enjoy the, hopefully, I don't know the details of the legislation, but hopefully you can now enjoy the same rights as the rest of us. And that is a wonderful thing for Australia. I'm really glad that that's happened. Um, And I feel really good about the fact that Australia has made the right decision, even though it took a long time, and I'm sorry, I wish that it uh, had have happened sooner and it, we didn't have to go through all that plebiscite bullshit, but it's happened, and that is a great thing. So uh, just a few things, uh, just uh, some gigs that are coming up. Uh, I'm playing a couple of shows in the new year. Uh, on January the 7th, I'm going to be in Ballarat playing at the uh, Botanic Gardens, January the 7th, Ballarat, Victoria. It's a free concert, so come along. And then on January the 10th, I'm going to be playing at the Ocean Grove Hotel, which is my local pub. It's just down the road from where I'm sitting right now. So, yeah, come along to that if you like. You can check out all the ticket details by going uh, to my website, bobevans.com.au, or my Facebook site. Uh, Jebediah also playing a bunch of shows through January and February on this uh, tour called Hotter Than Hell. Those shows are all in Queensland, uh, but regional Queensland. I think we're playing like Townsville and Gladstone, uh, Ipswich and Redland Bay. So some great uh, shows to look forward to in the new year. There, If you want to listen to the songs that my guest and I talk about on this podcast... You can go to the Good Evans It's a Bobcast soundtrack on Spotify where they're all there. And as usual, if you've been enjoying the podcast, I would love for you to rate and review it favorably on iTunes. That would be really, really helpful. Um, Okay, so episode 24, my guest is the wonderful Sarah McLeod, front woman of the rock and roll band The Super Jesus. I've known Sarah for... A long time, 20 years, I guess. Our bands, Jebediah and Super Jesus, kind of started out around about the same time. So we've shared many festival bills together and um, have sort of been in in each other's orbit uh, for a long, long time. And it was really great to sit down and chat to Sarah. We uh, got together uh, in her hotel room uh, the day before, during the day, before playing a festival show together in Frankston, Victoria, which was called the Sea and Sound Festival, if you came along. Uh, thanks a lot. It was a really, really great show. And also, too, something kind of funny happened while we were recording. Like, just as we started to talk, I scratched a mosquito bite on my arm and it just started fucking bleeding like crazy. It was just bleeding and bleeding. And so, yeah. Within about the first sort of five minutes of this of this uh, chat, I have to uh, go and attend to uh, my bleeding arm, and it continued to bleed for about half an hour, um, which you know was of course incredibly uh, embarrassing 
for me. But uh, look, you know, Sarah, as usual, took it in good humor. She was a wonderful uh, chap. She has a lot of really amazing stories, which, you know, I, I won't sort of spoil too much by going into now. But uh, she, yeah, gives a lot of great stories, not just about her own experiences uh, playing in a band, playing in the Super Jesus, but also her family as well. I think you're really going to enjoy this podcast. It, it was a lot of fun to listen back to. Also, too, because we were kind of, we were working under a bit of a time restraint because we had this gig to go to. I had to sort of wrap it up a little bit earlier. A lot of these other ones, you know, we just chat and, and I have to edit them a bit because they just go on for ages. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to listen to a podcast that goes for, you know, two hours. Um, I try to kind of trim them if they go on that long. But this one, we only we, we talked for about an hour, so I haven't really edited any of it at all. So I think that kind of has made for a, a more interesting <laughs> conversation in a way. You'll see as you listen, but uh, there are some kind of some interesting frank admissions that come up in this. Uh, but uh, yes, I was really, really grateful for Sarah uh, to, for giving me her time. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it. I think that's about it. Of course, there is the usual language warnings. Um, I think I've already sworn doing this intro, so I'm a little bit late giving you the warning there. But uh, yeah, okay. Well, should we get into it? This is episode 24 of Good Evans. It's a Bobcast. Yeah, does that sort of... I wouldn't start on the podcast, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, cool. I turned it on. That's fine. Um, I'll, I'll just start, I'll formally welcome uh, Sarah McLeod to the Bobcast. Thank you, Sarah. Bobcast? The Bobcast, yeah. So it's oh, called, cool. It's called Good Evans, It's a Bobcast. Oh, that's really clever. Yeah, well, I you always knew you were a sharp that. character. You don't, need, you don't need to say that. <laughs> no, I was going more sharp for Sharp character that wears many hats. <laughs> but um, we are in the city of Melbourne. Lovely, uh, lovely little vista outside your Yeah, so I've got a great view from where I'm sitting, staring at that concrete wall. Yeah, you've got I feel like I'm in Yatla. Do you want me to uh, describe? No, I won't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're in Melbourne and we are both playing a show tonight we are yeah with she had as well who's one yes, of my favorite bands she had who jebs have to go on after i was gonna, gonna say suck. between you and i are you a little bit apprehensive about <laughs> going on after apprehensive. but you know it's funny because even nine inch nails will be apprehensive about going on after <laughs> I know. She had. it's intimidating it yeah. is uh, i haven't seen them play in years um me neither but i heard them better what? than ever <laughs> uh, well, you know that's good because uh, jebs um but but yeah I, i'll probably we haven't rehearsed in months <laughs> <laughs> but Shit. it's funny because like you know, I, I ran into Phil uh, from Grinspoon at the, in the uh, airport lounge just the other day, and I was telling him about this gig and saying we had to go on after she had. And the first thing he said was like, "Oh, are you shitting yourself?" And I was like, "Yep." It's not funny. Much. It's she yeah, had a, like a known thing across the Australian music industry mm. that everyone just knows that they're badass on stage. Yeah. And, you, it's hard yeah. to compete with. Yeah. They're really good. But I guess there are two ways that you can take that, right? 
as a, as a band that has to go on after them, or any band that you know, are a little bit intimidating because they're good, is like, well, you can kind of, you can just kind of like let it get inside your head and go, ah, oh, fuck it, you know. I'm just going to like fuck around and make a joke out of our band because, you know, there's no point. Yeah, or you can go, I'm going to, right, okay, the bar's been set, you know, we have to fucking, we cannot fuck around. Well, what would you, what's your instinctive reaction? Um, can I guess? I would have thought okay. you'd go for the first round. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to fight that. So you have to fight that. Yeah, but, but yeah, that's that... comfortability. Yeah. And also remember that you're two very different bands. You yes, know, like you're a pop true. band yeah. and, they're, and they're like, you know, dirgy, heavy, yeah, yeah, almost metal. Heavy. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, totally. You know, I mean, their early stuff is yeah. super heavy. So I don't reckon, I don't think you'll be in danger. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't even matter. If, if the Super Jesus went on next to them, because they're similar sounding bands, that yeah. would be more daunting, I reckon. Right, okay. Because we would look like we're, you know, crappy but you go on and you've got completely different grooves you know like major chords pop songs everyone knows the lyrics so you know so I, I knew there was a reason why I wanted to do this podcast with yeah, you. It's just before the gig not needed, after I just needed a bit of a you know a bit of a ego bolster before the gig yep. but um, I wanted to ask like um, in the lead up to a gig on day of a show what's your sort of what are your feelings what are your routines and has it if is it different to uh, you know 20 years ago um, you know what? It's pretty much been exactly the same. Um, my lead up to gig, and, and I've already done this today, I get my guitars and because we never rehearse as mm. a band, like I can't even tell you the last time we rehearsed, we never write a set list, so I don't even know what songs. I, mean, I sit there and I, I Google our own albums and I look at the list of songs and I think of what looks familiar, which yeah. is <laughs> what's something that we may have played recently. Right. And then I run it at, at like... 20 times the speed really quickly because I can't be fucked in there actually playing it right. <laughs> I don't have time. So I really quickly, I go, just to remember where the dots are. Yeah. And then I go, yep, cool, next song. Yep, next song. And I, I do that before every gig. It probably takes about 15 minutes. Yeah. And I run the whole set. Muscle memory is an incredible thing though, isn't it? Isn't I mean, it? especially if it's, mm. you know, songs... That you've been playing for a long time. Exactly. The older songs, yeah. I don't even have to really right. stress about. But the that. newer songs, I'm like, yeah. oh, hang on. I forgot that we even had that song, let alone mm. how it goes. But you think that would be just more Just give me one second. Because I just have to do something. You going to the loo? No. You're going to put some makeup on? No. I've just scratched the mozzie by and it's nothing. Oh. Okay, hang on. There's someone at my door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hang on. This is all still in the podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is all still in the podcast. I'm fine, actually. Thank you very much. You need any towels, fresh? No, towels. I have fresh towels. Thank you. Can I gently rubbish bin? Yes, I get trouble if you call again. Like, I won't call again. I promise. Oh, thank you, thank you. Bye. <laughs> she took one looking here and saw all those beers. And, <laughs> can I clean your rubbish bin? No, lady, I like it dirty. This is embarrassing because, of, like, within about. Uh, the first five minutes of us talking, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding <laughs> in your hotel room. What happened? You I was like, scratched the it. mozzie bite. Oh, yeah. And it's just started bleeding quite profusely. Oh, but, okay. um, um, do don't mind me. Do you want me to call her back? Because she said that if I call her back, that there's going to be hell to pay. So I could call okay. her back just for kicks. Just ask if she's got any band-aids. Band-aids, yeah, yeah. Just a little band-aid. I'm sure this will be fine. Really? Should I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes! Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. That's right. Uh, but... So, oh, yeah, the, um, the mega quick... So, no, like, no, like, do you get nervous? Is uh, that a, I'm sure that's a question that you've been asked before and it's pretty boring, but... You know, um, uh, not really. I usually have a couple of beers and, yeah. you know... Um, my band these days are really relaxed yeah, and fun yeah. and nice. In the old days, I used to get nervous. Yeah, I told yeah. you about how 
we used to have a lot of problems in the old days and everyone was always fighting and there was dramas all the time. Where did those dramas stem from? And we're talking, just for some context, we're talking what sort of like, not, we're talking late 90s. Yeah, yeah. 96, 97, 98, 99. Where did the drama come from? What was? Because I was um, fishing off the company wharf again and... You were what? Fishing off the company wharf. <laughs> You're going to have to explain that. I, cause I, You've never heard that term? I, no, I haven't, but I really, I, I like the sound of it already and I want to use it in the future. So, uh, Okay, that means um, you're not supposed to fish off the company wharf. That means like dating someone right. in the inner That's sector. That's what I thought. But yeah, I just yeah. didn't want to. I am a shocker for doing that. And, yeah. um, well, look, you know, if it gives you... If it's, <laughs> it's uh, just laziness, isn't it? Well, but, I mean... Yeah, you look all right. It happens all the time, though, right? <laughs> I mean, it's never happened in our band, but... Um, but Look, it'd be weird if it happened in your band. Well, it would. It would kind of be weird. Um, but you see it happening. I sort of mean, there's a lot. It happens all the time. Right? Yeah. If yeah. that's if that's any kind of you know. I've had long discussions um, with many of my friends from from bands that are mm. in similar positions. But, um, but anyway, it makes so sense though because like you know you're so committed to each other already when you spend all your time together when you're touring and stuff and you have this musical connection and that is a very, you know, special, intimate Yeah, especially with songwriters. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, you know, you can see why one thing would lead to the other. I know, they're writing love songs together and, you know, before you know it. (laughs) So, okay, so... um, So that just leads to um, trouble. So back in the day, there was a lot of troubles and our band was, you know, I told you this last time, our band was always tense and um, mm. awkward. And I would look over and see your band having the time of their lives. And I'm just thinking, <laughs> I hate being in well, my band. We never, we never f- have fed off uh, drama or whatever. But do you think um, for the Super Jesus, some of that was necessary? Like in order for you to kind of like yeah. get the vibe on stage? Like did you sometimes draw on that? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that was our thing because yeah, yeah. it was um, it was just tension. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Chris, the guitarist, who's the guy I used to have the problem with, who's yeah. now long gone. Yeah, he used to stand when, on on nights where we were having rough nights. Sometimes he would stand completely in front of me, in front of my mic, and just just stand there, just deadpan, just facing oh the crowd, so no one could see me. Oh my god! And I'd just be standing behind, looking at his head, like just singing away, going "Fucking hell, this is a nightmare." He did it in some video clips. And yeah, and we we still fight. Like I'm still in touch with him. We're still doing some writing. I've actually got in touch with him recently because we've been doing some writing together for a new record. And yeah. already we're fighting. Like I spoke to him the other day, and he hung up on me. <laughs> I was oh my like, god! Okay, yeah. yeah some people I mean, just like that, but it's because well, they're right. I mean, creative that's and right. hot and heavy and sort yeah. of fire and passion, but then a lot of fire and then anger and emotion and it's deep and it's dirty and it's dark yeah. and it's great. Yeah, yeah, but awful. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, that's, yeah. Look. You know, um, I'm sure creative uh, relationships throughout the ages have uh, have had that volatility, and often, you know, that yeah. sometimes that's where a lot of magic happens. So, yeah, I mean, with Fleetwood Mac, with Je- yeah, um, with Jebs, like we were more kind of just sulkers. Like if if anything, <laughs> I can't believe you're admitting that. <laughs> <laughs> if any, if anybody get, has a problem with someone, it's just it's all just they basically it would just go quiet and you'd just sulk for a while and go quiet and it would all be sort of unspoken and then just waiting until it, it, very much like the way that any argument within my family was was resolved um yeah it was just you just avoid each other for a little bit until enough time had kind of gone by and then slowly you know you'd start sort of talking again and then as soon as that barrier someone has a little giggle then everything's fine again yeah Yeah. very rarely um 
very, very rarely like have, have um, any of our sort of disagreements or, or problems or whatever kind of built into full-on arguments. Or... Yeah, and probably because your brother is in the band as well and you've both come from that place. Yeah, so that yeah. would then spread to the whole band because that's maybe. pretty much the majority. Yeah, maybe, yeah. But, that, you know, that's a way of dealing. It's non-confrontational, but it, it, it gets through a moment without yeah. people... Um, really remembering yeah, right. without people remembering a bad moment like yeah, you, if yeah. you just go quiet and then wait for it to pass later in life you don't go remember that time you said yes. really bad things yeah, yeah. remember <laughs> that time you kicked me in the gut yeah, you know, like, yeah, you remember that blood nose yeah totally yeah. You know, I was in hospital and, like, yeah. you don't remember any of that because you didn't yeah. do it so that's actually a better way I'm not thinking about the sulky thing but it's actually <laughs> it's actually way cooler I guess it's you know kind of horses for courses right I mean whatever you know there's, I don't know if there's necessarily I mean, obviously, there is a wrong way of dealing with conflict, you know, like violence and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, everybody's got their ways of doing stuff, right? I, I had a massive fight with Chris one night in Seattle, and I wanted to just punch the shit out of him, but I, I thought, you better not. So I screamed <laughs> on my, my piece to him, and then I walked out of the room. And as I was walking to my room, I was going down the corridor, and there's glass, like like this window here, like low glass. Yeah. And I was like, damn it! And I banged the glass yeah. with my right hand. The whole window oh, broke, no. and all the glass collapsed into the swimming pool, <gasps> several floors, floors below. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, and I looked at my arm. I still got a scar. I looked, I looked at my um, wrist, and it was bleeding all the way down here, and blood was all over the floor. And I was bit drunk and I thought it's okay no one will know it's me oh, and I just shit. bolted to my room but down the elevator to my room there was a total trail of blood <gasps> and I thought they're never going to know it's me and then I rang the sound guy and I went I need you to help me cover my track so I'm in room 501 this <laughs> <laughs> And he is like a dibber dobber. He just rang reception, said Sarah did this. Oh no! It. Yeah, there's suddenly there was a dude, a dude in my room, like with with the bandages, and they're fixing. They're like, okay, you're gonna have to pay for it. it ended up costing me five grand because I had the pool drain. Oh shit! I know. Yeah, that's so, terrible. Yeah, I was sulking the next day. Well, that's something that happened today because I've just scratched a, a mozzie bite, and, and whilst I am bleeding profusely, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm gonna leave a trail. I don't think we could call that profusely. <laughs> it feels profuse. Uh, I think you just call that spot. Bleeding. <laughs> yeah, stop bleeding. Yeah, it's, it's uh, just uh, it just doesn't seem to stop. That's because you've tapped into some sort of well. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's what it feels like. Is that it's your just, vein? Oh, maybe <laughs> your <yeah>. party vein. <laughs> <laughs> that mozzie knew where to go. Fucking he was hell. a mozzie yes. with a map. <laughs> mozzie was like just gone straight. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Um, well, Holy let's qualified. let's uh, talk about backstory stuff. I'm just going to try and lean my arm in a way that keeps the tissue. Against my leg, so I can use my other hand to, to drink, drink your beer. beer. Yeah, yeah, there you go. A couple of beers, and then you won't feel the pain nor see the. Blood. Well, there's no pain. The only pain at the moment is my embarrassment for bleeding. You're a sulker and a winger. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about um, your um, your where you grew up. Um, you know, ah. What your parents did? Like, take us back. Like, really? Well, how, about, how about okay. some of this? What is your earliest memory? Okay. Um, Hanging out with the uh, chickens. We used to have chickens and they were my friends and I loved the chickens. The chicken coop, my dad made a chicken coop and it was like, I used to look at it like it was my cubby house, but it was yeah, just yeah. full of chicken shit. It was split <laughs> level and um, I would go, I, put, I made little curtains for it. I put in like this wee little plastic telephone. I used to get um, Tupperware containers and nail them to the walls for storage so I could put things in. And I'd sit in there with the chickens and I would, Aww. I'd flip the chickens upside down and stroke them on their bellies and hypnotize them. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yes, I can't do it now because I can't catch the chickens because oh, I'm okay. too old. But when I was little, I must have been way more nimble because I could catch sure, the chickens. Yeah. And then I would So how many them. did you have? 
oh, 15. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and sometimes I would I would take them to my... I'd take them inside and take them to my bed and hypnotise them one oh, by one. Oh, bless And they would, they'd only be out of it for about a minute or so. So you'd hypnotise one. And then that chicken would be on its back, just, you know, stiff as a board, lying there completely silent. And then I'd move to the next chicken and I'd hypnotise that. And I'd do... I usually did two or three at a time. <laughs> and... <laughs> Where, and by the time I get to the third chicken, the first chicken started to come away, alive. Come, right. I'm like, oh shit! Back to that chicken, and I would wow. hypnotize that one again. I would do it all the time. And so, would you give, did you have like a record of how many you could kind of like keep? So I could never do more than three. Because okay. by the time you get to the third like, one, the first one's ready yes. to go again. And it's like some weird like, sort of like a juggle. It's kind of like juggling. It's a bit like that, yeah, isn't you've been it? Trying to keep yeah. three balls. I should up have been in a magician. <laughs> and my mum would come in and go, <gasps> like she was horrified that all these like filthy, dirty. She, she probably walked in and was like, "Oh my god, Sarah's killed three chickens." She's lying about what happened. No, she knew what I was doing. She'd seen me do it before, but she was like, "I told you, not in the house. You hypnotise the animals in the coop." What's the science behind it? Why? How? Why do they? I don't know, but like, what what is going on in the chicken's brain when it's weird, isn't it? So crazy. But you know, when I look back on and it now, I don't think, of, oh wow, that was cool. I could hypnotize them. I'm thinking more. I can't believe I could catch them. Like, have you seen? <laughs> have you seen Rocky? How he would train by catching chickens. Mm-mm. That's how Rocky used to train because he was poor and really? he couldn't afford to go to the gym. So oh, he would I just remember him beating the shit out of like a big carcass hanging from yeah, the. Yeah, he would beat um, old meat. He would just yeah. run in, in the snow. Lots of running, yeah, I remember that. And he would I don't catch chickens, the chickens to make him more nimble and, like, you know, that. down on the ground. Yeah, right. Have you seen um, uh, the, the newest one? What's it called? Um, uh, Creed? No, I haven't. So uh, this is where it's um, the sun, right? Is it yeah, Creed, Apollo yeah, Creed's Apollo's sun? sun yeah. I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Uh, You're so obviously really a good. massive Rocky fan. I've watched them all probably yeah. numerous times. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but because that's what reminded me, because in Creed, he gets um, Creed to catch the chickens. Yeah, like, this right. is to do it, you know. And does Creed? That sounds more like Arnie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> does Creed? Uh, does is Creed all like? Man, catching chickens is whack. What do yeah, you mean? How's totally. that going to help me box, yeah. man? He said, this has got to be easy, but then you can't <laughs> catch any chickens. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. So that's when I think back that I was always hypnotising the chickens. I don't think now, oh, wow, what a magician. Yeah. I think, how the fuck did I manage to catch all those chickens? Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe because I was shorter. Yeah, So yeah. it's not as hard to get right. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Short, quick, and nimble. Yeah. Little. I'm just, I'm just, like, I just don't understand. Like, that, to me, seems to be a strange, like, evolutionary quirk of the chicken, like, that you could <laughs> evolutionary paralyze. quirk of the chicken. Yes, and here we have a chicken <laughs> in its natural environment being hypnotized by the human. Yes, I mean, how, like, how could that possibly be helpful for them to in their survival? I mean, they're still around. I know, because imagine if coyotes knew how to do that. Yeah, because they'd be like unreal, small as well. It's just so strange. Because then they could set them up for their mates. You know, fellas, right. I've got four down. Yes, you come in, and yes. then we'll just slowly eat them all. The first person goes in, and once the first one's in, yeah, then party. and then it's easy. Then it's just like you all just kind of stroke them till they go quiet, yeah. and you guys can hop over. It's kind of sexy. <laughs> so um, stroke them till they go quiet. <laughs> well, that's pretty much how it works, right? Yep. Um, so, so whereabouts was this? And like this was in Adelaide, um, yeah. a place called Sky, which is kind of like. Up on the up on the hill, Adelaide Hills. We okay. always used to live up in the Adelaide Hills. Yeah, right. which, I don't know if you know much about Adelaide, but it's beautiful up there. Yeah, like well, my earliest memories of going to Adelaide, we always drove, right? We never flew in and out of Adelaide. <clears throat> in the, you were when, coming from Melbourne. When Jeb's were always touring, um, we were all in Perth. Once oh, we that's flew, right. 
Sounds Once strange. we'd flown over the Nullarbor, we just stayed on the other side for like a month. Yeah, and just no, drove everywhere. There yeah. was no, you know, it was, there was no Virgin. There was no cheap airlines. It was cheaper just to, you know, you know, get a hotel, get in a van, and just stay. Um, and and we were young, and you know, nobody had any girlfriends or boyfriends. Or yeah, um, good old days. Yeah, but anyway, so whenever <laughs> so we used to come, I know, right? I know, right? Um, so every time we used to come to Adelaide, we always used to drive through the hills. I don't know. There must be a different kind of way to get in and out of Adelaide now, but we used to no, always... No, there's only Melbourne, one way. And it's always through the hills? Oh, it's always through the hills. Okay. You come down past Eagle on the Hill. That's what and I And you remember. descend down into the flats, and yeah. that is the only way yeah. in and out of Adelaide. It's the way. Yeah, yeah. And, and you go, um, here it is. Ah, and you see it over the horizon. Yeah, yeah. I, I have yeah. fond memories of, of that. Mostly fond because it's like, oh, we've reached the hills. That means we're nearly fucking there. Yeah, totally. And the drive's oh, the really over. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did that drive actually the other day. It's, yeah. it's harder than I remember. Yeah. Actually. I haven't done it in a long time. Yeah, and I had a trailer on the back, and my trailer fell off in, oh, no. in, in Melbourne right before I hit the road. I woke up in the morning and I was like, "Okay, today I'm going to drive to Melbourne." Yeah, and I was in my hotel and I went outside where I'd parked the car and the trailer, and I went, "Where is it? Oh shit, it's gone. What have I done?" And then I looked at the sign and saw it was in a clear way, so they towed it. Oh yeah, so right, I okay. tracked it down. I went out to the towing place, paid 500 bucks to get it out, and they had taken the trailer off for me, so it was in two different parks, and I had to quickly put the trailer on. I was by myself with my dog, me and yeah, the dog. Yeah. I had to quickly put the trailer on the back of the car by myself while the guy, this sort of dude standing, you know, like munching down on something, you know, like just looking at me with um, disdain. <laughs> really impatient, like, you know, get out of here, because he was holding the gate. Right. So I was quickly trying to put the trailer on. for the help? No, he didn't offer to help mm. at all. No, and the, the trailer was full of gear; it was really heavy. And I'm like, mm. just a minute, sorry. Uh, and I didn't put it on right. And I drove out oh, into no. the Melbourne traffic. I went over a speed hump, and cool, it flew up in the air and oh, smashed no. down the ground. And then I was dragging it by the chain. Oh, and I looked shit. up, and I could see at the back of the Myra Vision mirror the trailer going from left oh, to right. Shit. And there was smoke coming out the back. Oh, shit. And this guy on a push bike was like waving at me, going, "Stop the car." I was like, oh my God, now what What have I done? And I managed to get it back on. It was completely broken. I fucked it now. But um, I got it back on. And then I had to drive all the way to Adelaide, like feeling a little bit jumpy. I got to Adelaide, got to my mum's, unloaded it, took it off and just threw it away. I put uh-huh. it in the neighbor's garden. I'm like, I never <laughs> want to see that fucking trailer again. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Do what you want with it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so having chickens and stuff, did you, were you... And you were living in the hills, so did you have like a like a bit of was it like property? Was it? We had um, sheep, sheep and oh, chickens. Wow. Yeah. So were your parents like was was there farming going on, or was this more no. sort of hobby stuff? Yeah, it was just hobby stuff. Yeah, we yeah. had um, we had a ram called Heinrich, and then um, <laughs> a, another sheep. I forgot the sheep's name, but um, uh, my mum had this um, idea once that she wanted a swimming pool, and Dad wouldn't let her have one, so uh. she got a pick and started. Um, digging it for herself. She was like, fuck you, Don, I'm just going to make my own wow. pool. So she was out there for like a couple of months trying oh. to dig this swimming pool and it was all just, oh, you know, to, to be a fuck you to dad because yeah. as if she was just actually to... going to be able to make her own swimming yeah. pool. Yeah, so just to drive your dad to the point where he goes, all right, just yeah. like, I'll take it anymore. Yeah. Okay, we're going to swimming pool. Just stop fucking digging. It's exactly, yeah. Exactly. He just okay. sat there in a deck chair with a few tinnies laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and one day, um, Heinrich, the, the ram, came because it was quite a steep hill she was digging into yeah. and the ram came over and knocked her down the hill so um, I don't know if we killed them or what but there was after that there was no more sheep right. and no more pool <laughs> oh. in fact my mum and dad broke up not long after that 
we never got the pool. We were so bummed. We were just sitting there going, this is going to be great. We're going to have the best summer ever once mum hurries up with that pool. No one offered to help her. <laughs> was the, is McLeod, so that's obviously your dad's surname's... So, give me the what's your what's the what's the McLeod history? I okay. imagine there's some. That's a very bad Scottish accent that I'm doing. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> it sort of sounds Irish. Um, okay, so Dad was a, a photographer, um, like for the news. All oh, right. And Mum was a um, like a model, and she oh. she won some like beauty contests. Yeah, right. And. Dad had to be her photographer. Oh, wow. So it was one of those things. And he's like, the come here, baby. The photographer and the model yep. situation. Yeah, come here, sweetheart. Oh, it's know. a story as old as time, Just isn't it? Just bend over a little bit, will you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing led to another, and then they had babies. Wow. So it was a cute story. Yeah. Mm. But then he went to, he was a, um, he started off working for the, the local paper, and yeah. then he became um, a... Adelaide local, advertiser? For Adelaide advertiser, right. yeah. Uh, and Channel 7 and Channel 9, he worked mm-hmm. as well. And then he became a, a war correspondent for CBS News. Oh, wow. So he went to Vietnam. Oh, my goodness. And he was he was doing that. And mum was in Adelaide. And he was like, he rang her up one night. I'm like, oh, I miss you. You know, let's get married. And mum was like, unreal, great. So she went to Saigon and she lived in Saigon while he was in the war <gasps> and, and apparently she had like a, a Colt 48 under her pillow oh my God. and she was just there by herself with, oh with a goodness. maid apparently and he, he, he was on the front line but he didn't actually have to fight no, because he was just, a journalist so yeah, he would go out the front line every day watching the carnage yeah. and then just like go back to his hotel and have a martini which would have been a real mind fuck I reckon yeah, man. you're like there with them and then they're out there all night you know in night time you know the Vietnam War night times where they get you because you know yeah, we, yeah, they don't know how to move around in the jungle because yeah, they're not yeah, from there. Yeah. And then dad would just, you know, get in the chopper and go home. So, um, so it's surreal to think about, isn't it? Yeah. And and one day there was like um, this cool story where they were the, the enemy was coming in and there was one chopper coming to get them. There was a few guys and they had to draw straws because one person had to couldn't get in because there wasn't enough room for them. Yeah. And dad drew the short straw. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to stay here and get killed. And the other guys took off in the chopper and he was like, bye. And then the chopper got shot down and everyone died. Fuck And Dad off. just stood there. And then another chopper came for him about 20 minutes later and he was he survived. He's Holy like a man with nine shit. lives. Yeah. A man How? with nine lives. Even another chopper. He's been in heaps of chopper accidents. There was another one where he was covering the Oak Bank races for uh, for the news, Channel 7 or whatever. Okay. And What's there was horse racing? Horse races, yeah. Right. It's like Flemington or okay. Melbourne Cups in Adelaide thing. The yeah, Oak Bank okay. races, you know. Yep. Get your pretty head out and get on the horses. I know you've been on the car races, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it like a big car, famous car race? Anyway, keep, yeah, keep going. it's like that, but without the live music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Um, and he, they, they had a chopper accident there too, and um, the pilot died, and there was a picture... We've got this, um, the front cover of the Sunday Mail, and there's a picture of... Uh, the chopper all smashed to bits and there's a photo of my dad with bandages all around his head and blood everywhere and the copy that we have has a little arrow next to it that I've drawn as a kid and it says my daddy like with him with blood all over him <laughs> yay I just always looked at him as some sort of like you know war hero and then he oh went God. on the road with Albie Mangles and filmed World Safari 2 bullshit yeah have you seen that I remember yeah. I, I remember going to the cinema to watch that oh yeah when cool. I was a really little kid I mean my dad did that I, I mean that that's going right back I mean I would have I would have barely even been in primary school, I'm imagining, yeah. Yeah. when that was, movie came out. I was out. barely in primary school. Yeah. So I remember taking, he sent me a freeze-dried piranha from the Amazon River, oh and I took God. it to show and tell at primary school, and I would have been maybe year five or six. 
because I remember where I was. I remember where the schoolroom was, and it was not year six onwards. It was the earlier one near the basketball court, so I must have been younger. And I was like, I got this from my daddy from <gasps> South America because he's making a movie. <laughs> wow, Albie Mangles. Yeah. That is a blast. And Albie had a big car accident. I don't know if you remember that in the film. Albie had a car accident. Okay. And then he... I thought um, it was a boat. I remember there was an episode where his, his yacht boat set fire. Set fire. <laughs> yeah, that was an insurance scam. <laughs> <laughs> Abby was God, so shifty. <laughs> yeah, we, we used to always go up to his place at Coffs Harbour and stay there. And uh, there was always these different women with him, but we yes. never, we didn't understand who they were. We were just like, oh look, there's another Me lady neither. here. I just remember watching the show because I remember watching the TV show as well as you know after that the the big movie special coming out, and yeah. Yeah, you know, there'd always be episodes, it's funny, obviously it's really funny now, but at the time, I didn't see anything funny about it, I didn't understand it, it was like, you know, it was a real shame to see, you know, that Lisa had to, had to leave, you know, at this spot up in Port Douglas, you know, we had a great month, a few months, and I really felt like, you know, Lisa had to leave, because Amanda was on her way, (laughs) but luckily enough, here's my new friend here, Amanda, it's just decided... She's going to, you know, she wants to learn a little bit about the ocean, so we're going to yeah. go... I'm going to teach just, her all about yes. protein. And then the next, next minute she's in a bikini as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it was just so... And there was no doors or windows in the house that we stayed at with them, so yeah. it was really weird for us as kids. We were like, who's that lady in bed with Albie today? <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't seem to give a shit. They were always really nice to us, and we were like, okay. But yeah, he, he had that accident, and then he uh, was in hospital, and he just said to Dad, you finished the film... And Dad finished the whole film by himself, just Dad and an interpreter. And then they, I'm probably get troubled. They superimposed oh my Albie in all of the different scenarios, going, and here I am in the jungle, and he wasn't even fucking there. Hang on, how did they do this? This is before green screens and everything. <laughs> I know, I don't know how, how they, they did it? it. I don't know. That's just what Dad tells me. He said he wasn't there. I filmed the whole thing. Maybe it was just voiceovers. Maybe what they did was they just put him in. Maybe they had the vision. Maybe your dad like took vision of like the bush or whatever, and then they just project, just put him in front of a projected screen with the vision. And just saying, here just I am. Just film him in front of some yeah, sort of yeah. green shrubbery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he could have been in a beer garden. For <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because when I was telling Dad about the trailer, I was like, I just got rid of the fucking thing. I hate it. And he goes, Ah, oh, yeah. When I was when I was on the side of the road with Albie's trailer in the in the jungle, I I thought I can take this, and I drove it for a while, and then I thought I hate this fucking trailer, so I drove it back to the scene of the crime where the accident was. <laughs> and he said, and I removed all of the nuts on all the tires except one nut her tyre so that they would just fall off and then I kicked it down the hill and I pretended it was part of the accident <laughs> and I was like that's really smart and shifty <laughs> good one dad that's amazing yeah oh my god they should totally make a they've got to make some kind of documentary film or something about how we make it oh no I'm, I'm good well yeah like, okay. because what a, I don't know I don't know either but what a what a fucking strange uh, what a what a strange character and and such a I mean that could strange only, character to have in your life as a child yeah and, yeah. and, and it could only happen at that time you know like yeah. someone like Albie Mangles could only exist you'd never get away with it now in the 80s or 70s or whatever yeah, yeah totally never get away with it now yeah. everyone would be like hang on a minute you can, how are you not treating that woman right you know <laughs> like, what, what do you mean she had to go <laughs> it was just yeah so on yeah um, so that was fun yeah okay so uh, growing up uh, in Adelaide, when did you um, start to kind of, you know, discover music? And when did music start to become a part of your life? Okay, so this is a good story. So Dad's gone, right? Dad, Dad was pretty much always gone. He was filming, and when he wasn't filming, 
he built a yacht and moved, just sailed it up north. He went all the way as far as Cooktown. Yeah. yeah, but then he couldn't get back down because of right. the wind or whatever. He couldn't okay. be bothered. He just <laughs> said he couldn't get back. So. I'm stuck in paradise. <laughs> yeah. I can't leave. Yeah, Absolutely. I get it. I get so it. he was up there our whole lives. <laughs> Something about the wind. Yeah. He couldn't, couldn't get back. stuck on a tropical island. It's terrible. Yeah, so he, he was up couldn't... there stuck on his tropical island. Um, I was at school and my mum was um, dating a guy who lived about two hours out of town. So she used to go out there every weekend. So this is like year 11, year 12. Right. So every single weekend, without fail, I had a party. And not because I wanted to have a party, but all my friends all right. knew. You know, my your parents were going away. Going, yes. They knew, you know, your parents are going away, we're going to your house. And it used to shit me. I'd be like, oh, yeah. no, you know, just want a break, but whatever. So every they week. They were taking advantage of you, Sarah. They did. For their own they did. Time. Every week for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> every weekend for so long. So then I developed a, okay, well, I better like start entertaining these people. It started off. <laughs> It started off, me and my friend Soph learned all the words to um, Goodnight Saigon by Billy Joel. Right. And yeah. we would sing to it. We'd be there arm in arm like, we came as yeah, wow. so And we'd sing. Yeah. And then I started learning a few chords of guitar. And then suddenly I'm like, take me down to the paradise. <laughs> and I started like singing for my friends. Yes, right. And then uh, when we left school, we, me and three of my friends went to Bali for like a, you know, Kentucky 13, not 13, 18 to 35 year old Kentucky tour trip, you know those? Yeah, right, really I've, I have heard of them, I've never been ones. on one. Yeah, the, I have heard of them. You don't want to go on that, but anyway, I went on <laughs> one, straight out of school. But um, what was this like, a kind of year 12, was this like your schoolies? Sort of, yeah, because yeah, yeah, we didn't really of, have schoolies. No, really. neither did we. Didn't you? Well, I mean, I went away, me and my friends, Chris being one of them, um, we, we spent a couple of weeks down south, just in like rented a house with a bunch but, of but friends. But it's not like a But it was thing not organised. Yeah. It was no thing called... Schoolies wasn't even a term that yeah. anyone even Is heard. Is that something that happened later? I think that must have happened, yeah, in the later, later 90s. We maybe went to Victor, but, you know, in like... Yeah, Victor, yeah. Like we went to Dunsborough, Margaret River. But yeah. But now, now the guy... In fact, like, I was just watching the news today. And they're setting oh, up... Schoolies boy. is just about to start. Up at the Gold Coast. Really? Setting and up. people come from all over Australia for Apparently. that, don't they? Apparently they do. But you know now people are like going, well, what you did, you know, like people are going overseas to, you know, Bali or Fiji and all that kind yeah, of Yeah, because school well. sucks and there's cops everywhere and everyone's searching you for drugs yeah. and everyone gets into trouble. and Super organised yeah, and structured. And, yeah, it's too big. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's way too big. It's like it looks awful. big day out and trying to awful. find someone in the crowd. Yeah, yeah, it does look awful. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. anyway. Um, mm. So yeah, so this, so this was kind of like your your. I've stopped bleeding. It's good. Leave it alone. Oh, finally, <laughs> um, medic. So this was kind of yeah. So your sort of end of year twelve holiday thing with yeah. a couple of friends. Yeah. So yeah. me and three girls. Yeah. And we were at the club where we were staying. Yeah. And there was a fashion parade on, and they were inviting guests from the hotel to be in the fashion parade. And okay. the girls were saying, "Oh, maybe we should go in the fashion parade." And, um, well, you would have been the youngest people there, so... That's... Uh, actually, we were, yeah, because yeah. I was only 17, yeah. actually, because I had left school. I was always younger than all my friends, which totally sucked, but yeah, it's good now. Same, but yeah. Where? Yeah, yeah I didn't baby. turn... I turned 17... So, in year 12, my last year of high school, I didn't turn 17 until October, like about a month before we broke up. Yeah, late bloomer. So, yeah. I know. I didn't even have sex till I was 18. I was like, wow, I'm really I'm same. Yeah, yeah. No, I was really? Same. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes me feel better. Well, that was an <laughs> unexpected... Uh... <laughs> oh, everyone else was doing it at like 14 and I was like, oh my yeah. God, what are they doing? Yeah. Well, no, I thought it was terrifying. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I was way too, I was, I was way too scared of girls to, to, yeah. to do, to get that far in high school. My goodness. Yeah, totally. And yeah. you know, you had study to do. <laughs> I'd work to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, 
So the girls said, I will go in the fashion parade if you go and sing with the band. And okay. I was like, oh, okay, um, I, I don't really want to sing because I've never actually played with a band and I was nervous and I said no. Mm. Anyway, um, the next thing I know, they'd already lined it up and didn't tell me. So I was standing in the audience on the night the band was playing and they were playing away and they went, okay, we got special guest tonight, Salah. And they like they were like going, where are you, Salah? And, and the girls were all like nudging me going, we hooked it up, get up there. Oh. And I was like, Oh my god! It's like every all the blood in my yeah, whole body yeah. just rushed away, and it's like yeah. I was cold. Like you know when you go into shock, I was yeah. so terrified. And I remember not being able to work out how to get on the stage. It was, seemed really tall too. Yeah. It was awesome. It's the stairs. I was walking around going, "Coming, coming!" And I got up there and I said to the singer, "Can I?" I don't know if he knew I was going to play guitar. I said, "Can I have your guitar?" And he was like, "Oh, okay." And so he, <laughs> he just like, sat nervous. down. Yeah, then he was just <laughs> okay. like he just stood at the back, like yeah. waiting. Um, but they had a a book on a stand at the front with all the songs that they knew with all the chords in it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, great. Okay. Well, you know, here we go. And it was all like Eagles and Guns N' Roses and shit. Yeah, yeah. I sort of knew half them anyway. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, let's play Hotel California and hey, watch me for the changes. <laughs> and I started playing and no shit, I had an epiphany. It was my first time ever on stage. First time hearing myself through a PA playing distorted guitar. I started playing and everyone was smiling at me. Yeah. <laughs> Then I started getting free beer. Yeah. And that's when the penny dropped. People were just like putting tinnies in front of me, clapping me. Yeah. And I was like, holy this, shit. Yeah. This is amazing. And the only other I can time. Do, I could do this. I can totally I can do, do this. this. <laughs> the only other time I had played with any other um, musician was I, I jammed once with a drummer, which is me and the drummer. And I didn't understand why when he hit the drums, it didn't go. Gung, gung, gung. I thought the bass and the drums were yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was waiting for those bass notes yeah, to come yeah. out of the drums. Yeah. And I was like, this sucks. Because <laughs> I think I was on acoustic or something. So yeah. this is the first time I'd heard it with yeah, bass yeah, and sure. proper yeah. band. And so I played with them all night. Yeah. And then the next night they're going, come on, go get up and play. I played with them. I ended up playing with them every night. Oh, and then God. they were inviting me to different bars around Bali to join them. Yeah. So I played with them the whole time. Like wherever we're going, yeah, we'll be there five, you know. Oh my God. And then when I was leaving, they were like, oh, we've got a really big festival in Denpasar, you know, but you'd have to stay for like an extra week. And I was considering changing my flight so I could play yeah. this festival. And then I thought, what the hell am I doing? Get out of here. You've got your own life. <laughs> and I went back to um, Adelaide and I quit uni. And started a band. And what were you studying at uni? What, what did... Bachelor of Arts. I was going yeah. nowhere. I was Bachelor of Arts. I, I was doing with drama. The, with the uh, idea of doing what? With the idea of doing nothing. I, was, <laughs> I was, it was all I could get into. I was. I looked at my results from school. And I'm like, okay, right. what can I possibly get? Arts. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, what subjects are my friends doing? You guys yeah, are doing yeah. that? Well, I'll just do that too. Yeah, yeah. And um, the one subject which I thought would be fun, which was drama, was not fun at all. And I was right. so disappointed because it was all theory about Greek gods oh, and okay, shit. Yeah. And right. I was like, when do we get to act? Yeah, this is so yeah, boring. Yeah. I don't give a shit about so you didn't these get Greek to gods. Because I remember you know, doing theatre all through high school and even into my first year uni as well. And it was, there was a lot of like just games. Like, I'm going to pretend to, I've got a really, you know, I've got a massive spear that I have to roll up a hill and I'm really having trouble trying to, you know, and it's all just like, whoa. Yeah, that's what I wanted. (laughs) That's fun. That's what I signed up for. Yeah, yeah. Mine was all theory. Yeah. I think it was just because my marks were shit because I was a dumbass. So I just got into the crappy drama. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, forget it. I'm not doing this at all. And then I thought, um, I'll try an external drama course. So I Mm. went into this other drama course, um, in uh, South, they were called South Australian Casting. They were like this independent, uh, big casting agency, mm. and they had a an audition that went for six weeks, and everyone 
there's like heaps of people in Adelaide audition for it and they pick 12 people to be in this certain um, group right. and I did my six week audition but my sister did it as well and at the end I got in and she didn't oh. and I didn't know what to do so I said don't worry about it I don't want to do it either oh. <laughs> like so an asshole this is Leah, your, Leah. She's, and she's your older sister right yeah she's my yeah. older sister she's a television by presenter. how many years two two years okay yeah. and so you were just like she's in, she's in the media <laughs> so just to so you just wanted to kind of like say save the situation from well I felt guilty yeah because oh. I knew she really wanted to do it and I couldn't and how did gone. she react to that Decision. Well, I told her that I was making a conscious decision to choose music over acting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you and know, that wasn't necessarily the case, but kind of fitted the... Well, yeah, I was like, sort of 50-50 either yeah, way. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, you know, I sort of wish I'd chosen the other thing because... Um, well, I guess I, in hindsight, you could have done both. In hindsight, I could have done them both, yeah, but in, in hindsight, it's a wonderful I know, hindsight. But I remember thinking... No, hindsight's not a one, it's shit. Yeah, you're right. Hindsight's Why do people say terrible. it's a wonderful thing? There's hindsight's nothing, a curse. There's nothing, it's a curse. There's nothing <laughs> so great true. about it. It's just like, it's so oh yeah, it's wonderful now that I could like, look back on the mistakes <laughs> or decisions that I've made <laughs> that I can't possibly change or do anything about, knowing that I would have done something regret. different. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Totally. But I thought I had a reason. I remember thinking at the time, if I go into acting, I'm always going to be at the mercy of someone offering me a part if mm. I become a musician I can, yeah. I'll can. i always be okay because I can write my own songs freedom so I actually remember thinking that as a little one yeah, and then yeah. I would do that so it would be safer yeah um, yeah yeah. No, I totally get that really that was really similar to my thinking too when I quit uni to um, you know do the band thing because well, what were you studying I was doing an arts degree as well <laughs> with, with the, I was, how long did you last I uh, one year and four weeks. Oh, that's a lot longer than me. Uh, <laughs> that's about a year longer than me. <laughs> but, um, Are you still playing off Hex? No, 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 no. Only, really? I, mean, I was only there for a year and a bit. Yeah, but was... I remember I had to quit right before the deadline where you have to start paying Hex. Oh, no, okay. Well, I... Maybe it's no, well, you build number. up your Hex debt and then, you know, you pay it off when you start earning a certain amount of money. And Did you build that's... up a Hex debt? Oh yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't remember how much. It wasn't. It wasn't a huge amount. I just think that's so awful that they do that. I don't understand yeah. how it works. It's baffling to me. It's like tax. But, but I think it's going to oh, tax. No tax. I mean, tax. Hex. I think it's going to get even harder. I think it's hard, getting even harder now. It's like they just want us to be. Now it's just a, you know up front. I mean, yeah, it yeah. certainly seems like we're following. Australia seems in danger of going down the same road as America, where you know college education, tertiary education starts to become more and more an exclusive domain for the people who can afford it and, yeah. and the opportunities for but yeah um, send them all out to work in the mines but yeah when I quit uni there was definitely a big part of my decision making that was like you know this is something that I can do and I don't need anyone's help I'm not you know similar to how you say you know I'm, I'm you know with acting I'm, I'm at the mercy of other people's decisions you know yeah. there was a real freedom about like this band is like my thing and it's what I make it and, and I obviously had a, you know I've I mean, it was mostly heaps of fun, but there must have been a small nugget of self-belief thinking like, oh no, you know, there's something here, you know, there's something mm. good here. Um, have you always been a good songwriter? Because you're a very good songwriter. Oh, thank you. Um, you're one uh, of my favourite songwriters oh, in this country. Stop it! No, you are. I've told you that before. Oh, you're really clever. Thank you. And I don't say that lightly because oh, I'm not Nazi with songwriting. Too kind. No, um, you're really good. You, your Bob Evans, first Bob Evans record fucking blew me away. Oh. <laughs> I, I listened to it over and over and over and over. It was like, it was, it was one of my favourite records still to this day. It's classic. Oh, thank it's you. timeless. Yeah, it's the best thing you've ever done. I love it. Oh, I genuinely love it. Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, like the mamas and the papas would be jealous that you wrote don't ah oh, don't be yeah <laughs> um, let me oh look you're embarrassing me now no let me, let me I'm just check. telling there you the go. truth oh we better we don't um, let the tape run out when we get into the good shit okay <laughs> um, okay uh, we should uh, move on to songs let's oh, talk yep. about songs oh, okay yeah um, as um, anybody who's listened to this podcast before knows you know we often do this you know top 25 like what, what are your most uh, played songs on iTunes there's a little thing on iTunes that gives you that information but as has been the case many times before, a lot of guests don't use iTunes no. or whatever. Um, now with Sarah, we're going to go for your top three songs on your Spotify playlist. Is yeah, that, yeah. Um, which people can access by going to Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> well, what's the name of the playlist? I don't know. I think it's called Sarah's. 50s I guess if you just look up Sarah playlist. McLeod, then you might. I've only got find your way two playlists on there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so maybe we can sort of... Oh, I've got three, actually, but well, yeah. Okay, well, we'll start with number three and move through to number one. So okay. uh, give us number three. Well, um, I don't know if any of these songs are on iTunes, but um, do you know Coming Home by Mel Torme? I'm coming home, baby, now. I'm coming home now right away. I'm coming home, baby, now. I'm sorry now I ever went away. Every night and day I go and stay I'm coming home, baby I'm not home Coming home, baby, now You know I'm waiting here for you I'm coming home now real soon You've been gone Coming home, baby, now You don't know what I'm going to do I'm coming home, I know I'm overdue Since you went away Expect me any day now real soon I'm coming home I'm not home Coming home, baby, now You know I'm praying Everything is gonna be fine Come on Coming home, baby, now I want to feel you hold me tight You see me now anytime When I'm in your arms When you're in my arms, I'll be fine I'm coming home I'm coming home now, baby Melted with velvet fog Have you ever heard of velvet fog? Have you seen this Seinfeld episode where they talk about the velvet fog? No, I, I don't remember it. But give me some... Uh... I guess George goes on a date with Marissa Torme, and oh, so Mel Torme's daughter. Uh, yes, I, I think I do remember that. Okay, actually. so her dad yeah. is this classic jazz singer. Yeah. Really, really, really swinging. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. And he's got this song called Coming Home, and it's like one of the coolest songs ever. Like, um, when, when you go back and listen to it before this, you'll be like, oh... We have to walk onto that. That's great. Yeah, it's one of those. Um, so what? What sort of year are we talking? What era? Are we... Oh, it's big band swing. So I don't know. Maybe forties. Maybe forties. Oh. Yeah. Maybe maybe fifties. Yeah. I'm not right, sure. Okay. Yeah. Fifties. American, so. obviously. Uh, yeah, I think it's American. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Velvet Fog. And how did you discover it? And what do you love about it? Um. Oh, I listen to all really old stuff. Yeah. Um. Because it's got it. It. There's something about. It's the way they wrote the songs. Yeah. It's the way they produced the records that you put it on and you just go, ah, ha, ha, yeah, mm. man. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a feeling to it. What is that? And, and where does that come from? I mean, like, obviously the way that music is recorded today is very different to the way it was recorded 50, 60, yeah. uh, how many years ago are we going now? It's 60 the, years it's ago. It's the, uh, the feel. I mean, when you listen to this shit, it sounds like it's all live in the room. Well, that's the only way they could do it, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, like I mean, big band swing. It's like they're like ready to one, two, three, hit it. Yeah, um, and all the BVs and everything. It's like mm. you know they're all like there going. Let's yeah, do it. yeah. And you can hear the room, and you can hear the energy, you can hear the mm. excitement, you can hear the the edginess of it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and really good harmonies, really cleverly structured yeah. arrangements. Yeah. And um, yeah, the Velvet Fog. They don't call them the Velvet Fog for nothing. I wonder if like when people, <clears throat> you know, our generation and younger, you know hear music like that and really like it I think it's really cool perhaps without but without really understanding why you know like and I wonder if uh, what what makes it what makes it cool but it's so hard to try and um, it's such a hard thing to kind of quantify it's just the fact that we're I'm just not used to hearing a bunch of people playing live in a room at the same time, and how you isn't know, that, isn't it sad that we're not used to hearing? Yeah, that like on move, record. things move, and 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 um, you know, there's a lot of movement in the playing, and and everything. There might be a little bit of tempo movement, and people play. Different now things. that's it's, looked like as a ba- bad thing. Yeah, you know, people have click. people have become very accustomed to hearing music in a very yeah particular yeah. way. Yeah. And so, you know, but I you learn just... like that too as a musician. Have you yeah. noticed that if you're used to playing with a click or to program drums, mm. your right hand becomes quite yeah. militant because you're so used to making sure it's in that mm. pocket. Yeah. Because if you're just always used to just swinging with a band, yeah. Cat, yeah. it's a whole different headspace. It is, yeah, it's totally different. And at the risk of kind of being one of those people that's like, oh, you know, music these days isn't what it used to be. Um, it isn't, it to be, but it actually, it it actually isn't. Like, <laughs> no, technically, it isn't. No, of course it's not. It's nothing like what it used yeah. to be. And I'm sure what we're doing now will be nothing like what it's going to be in 20 years' time. They'll be like, remember when you know they actually sang on records? Remember when humans used to make records? Yeah, totally, yeah. You know, hey, have you heard that new record by the uh, AI <laughs> <laughs> hey, totally. robot? It's yeah. so cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it's hard. It's yeah. fucking frightening to think. But, uh, yeah. Um, all right, let's, uh, what about number two? Okay, number two uh, is, hang on, number two, oh yeah, okay, um, now, I, when I tell you the name of this, you probably won't know what it is, but you would know it if you heard it, it's called Cry To Me, and the artist, and I don't even know, this is a guy, yeah, his name's Solomon Burke. Oh yeah. Do you know this? Sorry about that. Oh. I didn't realise there was already another bottle in there. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of bottles in there, baby. <laughs> um, when your baby leaves you all alone And nobody calls you on the phone Don't you feel like a cry? Don't you feel like a cry? For here I am, honey I Come on when you're all alone In your lonely room And there's nothing But the smell of her perfume Don't you feel like a cry Don't you feel like a cry Don't you feel like a Solomon Burke, yes, yes. I Actually, remember hearing about Solomon Burke probably in the late nineties. I think he was um, as a very old man. I'm, is he passed away now? I, I don't even know. I, I only know this song because it was in Dirty Dancing, and oh, it's like the yeah. sexiest piece of music yeah. that I've ever heard. 
That's kind Don't of bluesy, right? Don't you feel right? like crying? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's really bluesy. Yeah. Um, it's up there with uh, with sitting with my idea of sexy songs is yeah. um, um, uh, Otis Redding "Rock Me Baby." Yeah, right. Uh, you know, it's like I even forget that he's singing on it. I always think of that song as instrumental because yeah, that right. simple little yeah, gets yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, you can rock me, baby. But yeah, this um, don't you feel like crying? It's from Dirty Dancing. Yeah, right. And it's it's beautiful and it's just dripping with sex. Yeah. It's like the fucking dirtiest, sexiest, yeah. grooviest piece of ass <laughs> on record. I reckon. I love it. <laughs> I think like yeah, because I have a distinct memory of like a Solomon Burt record coming out, being released like. In the late nineties, that was when I first heard about him, and everyone, and a lot of people I knew were like had had it, were listening to it, and he was like, and I, and he was like this old blues guy. Like, yeah, super, super, I don't even know what guy. else he's done. I should Google him. Yeah. But um, so my with songs that I'm talking about today, mm. like when you said pick me your three favorite songs, I find that you'd probably be the same boat. That that's quite hard because yeah, totally. you know, depending on what you like on the day. Yeah. Um, I just felt like talking about these songs today yeah, yeah. because I like yeah, yeah. them yeah. At, at the moment. Um. And my other one, which I totally love, is I'm always drunk in San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) It's by Nancy Wilson. I'm always drunk in San Francisco. I always stay out of my mind. But if you've been to San Francisco... They say that things like this go on all the time It never happens nowhere else Maybe it's the Can't really seem to help myself. And what's more, Nancy Wilson. Yeah. Again, I don't even know what else she's done, but I just like, when she kills me with the opening line, I go, "Yeah, baby." Francisco. And then I just kick my feet back and go, "That's right." And it makes me feel legit about everything I do. <laughs> That's important sometimes, yeah. isn't it? That is important. Except um, she's talking that in the story. She talks about how she doesn't drink. But there's something about San Francisco that makes her always feel drunk, and oh, she doesn't understand right. why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just that opening line, I, I love it. And so <laughs> I'm also a big Eartha Kitt fan. I was thinking of putting oh, okay. her in, but then I thought I got those too many. Yeah, I've, I've had loads. And so all of these. So is that another song that sort of comes from that 50s, 60s yeah. era? Yeah. The um, other one I love is "One Way Ticket to the Blues" by Neil Sedaka. Okay. Choo choo train coming down the track. It's it's great. It's really simple because you know in in the fifties when they had the writers who would write for everybody yeah. in the Brill Building yeah, in, uh, yeah. in New York, I and they would be yeah. in tiny little um, they they call them like sort of wooden telephone booth thing. They had tiny little desk in it with a bit of wood around them, and they were open at the top. And you know next would be Carol King, and you know yeah, like they would amazing. all just line up, but they could hear each other, yeah, and they would yeah. sit in there from nine a.m. to five yeah. every day and write songs. Yeah. And and he was one of them. So they could, they're all in competition with each other, and they're on a wage, so they're not amazing. even getting publishing on the songs. Yeah, I mean, I guess in that time, at that time, 
that probably would have been considered a pretty great deal for the oh, like yeah. oh someone's you know I'm going to yeah. get a fucking just getting a wage getting a, wage a regular for wage music. Yeah. and I just have to and then music not only does one band record it but back then you know like yeah, 20, 30 people, acts yeah, can record yeah. it Oh yeah, yeah. Such and such has recorded that. Great. Well, we'll record it too. Yeah. Oh, Elvis is going to do it as well. Cool. So's the Beatles. Yeah. For real. It's only in hindsight that <laughs> wonderful thing that we realise it's basically slave labour. The record companies were just, you know, fucking. It was like a little musical sweatshop. You yeah, know? it was a musical sweatshop. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that wonderful thing. But the, but the fucking, but you know, the songs that came out of that mm. and the musicians. And I think it's the 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 competition. Yeah. You know, because um, like when you write, do you are you driven at all by competition? I'm not anymore. I think I might have been a little bit when I was younger, but I don't think so. I think like when I first started writing songs as a as a kid, my drive was always to try and write songs that sounded like the stuff I was hearing on the radio. Yeah. So that was kind of like my barometer. It was like, so every song I wrote, it was always... And so it wasn't like I was thinking in my head, I want to write hit sing. I'm trying to write hit singles. It was just that... What like, you know. I, it was just what I knew. So the songs yeah. that... It's lucky the that you listened to the radio. <laughs> that was what you were going for. Yeah, so that's... That's why you and, got where you were. And that was, you know, so I definitely kind of created a... Without realising it, created a template that was, you know, in in that sort of pop... Uh, had that pop sensibility or whatever. Um, but... And then it was mostly just in competition with myself, I think. Uh, you know? Yeah. Um, the internal demon. There was, when it comes to songwriting, that is. I mean, there are other things, and I'm sure everyone who plays in bands, you know, particularly people like us who are at the front of bands, you know, there's everyone has a certain amount of ego and stuff, and sometimes What do you mean particularly the people at the front? <laughs> I reckon it's the drummers who always have the ego. <laughs> Not my drummer. He's the, <laughs> le- he's the least egotistical person I've had, for sure. <laughs> But um, but yeah, so there may be a like you know competition does kind of get has become a factor like in, but more in sort of just career stuff like you know, but not so much in songwriting. You're know. right. Okay. Well, um, I I'm the opposite. I always work best if I've got someone to impress or if I think there's someone next to me writing something. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm worried that they're gonna write something better than me. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah. better pull out all the stops and work yeah, really hard. Yeah. And I think that, that that's what happened back then anyway. That's why those guys were really yeah. good because they were all competitive. And I don't think, I'm not saying that we should glorify competition because I don't think it's a good thing. But, you know, know everyone has be. secret things that whatever drive Whatever works. Them. That's yeah. it. I mean, whatever works. I mean, I wouldn't normally tell anyone that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's important. I think, like, you know, there are no, well, going back to, you know, what we were talking about earlier at the start of our conversation, you know, like, it's whatever. Whatever drives you, whatever gets the best out of you. Yeah. You know, as long as... I mean, obviously, there's always, like, a line that you can cross where it starts to become... Where it turns... It becomes, you know, unproductive or... Obsessive. Yeah, or, um, you know, self... Criminal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> criminal. <laughs> that's, the, yeah, that's the very final bit. That's after the second and third line you cross. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, up until a certain point, I mean, whatever... If that's criminals when, when the competitor that you're working against when you're failing and they're writing better songs than you <laughs> that's when it becomes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like okay I'm just going to have to send out a hitman I can't have this out <laughs> yeah. I can't possibly and have this out knife them in the back <laughs> <laughs> then I'll be okay again then I'll be number one <laughs> okay um, alright well we should probably wrap this up because okay. we both have to get ready to rock um, what are we going to do today? 
wrong, wrong. <laughs> and if the PA breaks down and all everything turns to shit it doesn't matter because we'll fix it and then we'll rock yeah um, playing it Frank since obviously but you know by the time you're hearing this it, that we would have rocked and we'll be asleep but um, let's talk about uh, you, you put out a solo record this year Rocky's I did Rocky's Diner, Rocky's Diner. your second solo album yep second solo album many years between yeah, 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. And how's it all been going? Have you been having fun? I have been having a great time. Yeah, yeah. I really love this record, which is, yeah. um, you know, rare for me because it helps I... so much. Doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. It makes I, everything so much easier. I have such a short attention span. I write songs and I go, nah, you know, like, once I've sort of two months down the line, I've, I've moved on and I'm thinking yeah, yeah. about the next thing. And yeah. the only way for me to move on mm. and to think that I can write better is to look back on my other work and think it sucks. It's right. a really negative thing I have in my brain. Right. The only way for me to think I could top it is to suddenly go back and go, no, that sucks. And next time, you know, it's going to be great. But I don't is do that. Is that like a purging record. thing? Is that like kind of like when you're cleaning up and you have to, this is what my wife's like, you know, when you clean this up, she throws, she's really, I'm a bit of a hoarder, but she'll just, no, nah, throw shit out. you got to throw shit out. This is yeah. useless. This in is order, junk. In order to make something new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, maybe that's what it is, but mm. it's it's a weird thing that I have where I, I normally look back with negativity, but I'm not doing that at all with this record. Mm. I still love every song, mm. which is great. Um, and yeah, I'm still on the road. I've still got another... Okay, great. Well, um, December the 2nd, I'm at the Foundry in Brisbane, and December the 8th, I'm at the Odd Fellow in Fremantle, Perth, oh, cool. your hometown. Yeah, awesome. I don't know where that is, but December the 9th, the Hen House in Perth. Do you know Oh, that right. That's awesome. So that's... Uh... The Hen House is like a rehearsal studio place um, that Rob from Gyroscope has owned for... He's been running it for years. I just turned it into a gig. Um, so what you could be doing, actually, is they... He recently... Now, I haven't been living in Perth for a while, so sometimes I'm a little bit out of the loop. But I think what he has recently opened, like, a small section of a... There's a venue in Perth called The Badlands. And then there's... he There was a spare... There's a room that he I've opened... Heard of that. Yeah, and I think he might have called it the Hen House Live or something like that. So maybe that's part of the Badlands. Yeah, it's part of the building. It's just a separate bar, like Ah. a smaller bar to to the. Oh, cool. Yeah, so maybe that's where it is. Okay, well, hope so because that sounds totally cool. Yeah, maybe I bring my own fairy lights. (laughs) Um, And December the fifteenth at the Heritage Hotel in Bulleye, Ah, over here in New South Wales. Yeah, you would have played there. Sixteenth, played there so many times. yeah. Yeah. The 16th Lansdowne Hotel in Sydney, which oh, awesome. they just refurbished yes. the guys from the Annandale border. Yeah. Matt and Dan Rule. Checked it out. It's really yeah. great. Yeah, it's, it's really, gonna, really I'm looking forward to that one. And then um, January the 12th, I'm in Albury, the ex-services club. Oh, yeah. February the 16th, I'm in Club 54 in Launceston. February the 17th, I'm at the Waratah Hotel in Hobart. And then I end in Adelaide on February 23rd at Jive Bar. Ah, okay. Uh, and then I can relax and work on my musical. Uh, and um, what about uh, Christmas, uh, New Year's? What does uh, what, what's New Year's? Sort of club? Is it a family affair? Do you, what... No, no, I'm always working. New yeah. Year's, I'm playing. I didn't. My New Year gig's not on there because I, I didn't want to put on there. But you I have to have yeah. Yeah, I didn't think I had to. It's, it's some exactly. some weird thing I'm doing in Gosford. It's some sort of. Um, some sort of outdoor event yeah, in Gosford. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody else's gig. Some, someone else's gig. Yeah, I just yeah, said yeah. there's going to be fireworks yeah, yeah. and I'm going to be there. <laughs> I'm sure well, wherever you are there will be fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when we finish off. That's nice Thank you. Nice. <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Kev. That was fun, darling. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing the series today. Yes, I look forward yeah, to seeing your band too. Oh my god! Right. Don't be nervous. She's not going on after she had her. Oh, I know. I'm shooting. Better myself. not drink too much. I've but already yeah, drunk too much. Strangely, feel. 
pretty good right now. Do you have a number of beers where you're not allowed to go over before the show? Like a, a rule in the band? No, the, the rule... Oh, we don't... I, I do have a rule that I've kind of stuck by for years and years. Well, that sometimes I, I, I fuck it up. but And it's not, it's not so much a quantity thing, it's a time thing. So I have a two-hour rule. So... Which really? obviously I've broken today, but like no, normally, you're, what time are you on? Like seven, s- seven something. So yeah, so two hours before you have to stop. I, I try not. No, no, I try not to have anything until two hours before. Oh, oh okay, okay, right. <laughs> and then, <laughs> that, and then that's, that's just going. That's on. much smarter because getting drunk early and then stopping by the time you get to the show, you couldn't give a rat's ass about the show. Yeah, yeah. You're tired. You got yeah. a headache. Yeah. I'm I'm way better at that stuff now than I, how much are you allowed to drink in those two hours is there a is there a limit oh look I just, just go on, for two hours? it's just it's I'm not measuring drinks or counting drinks I'm just going purely on my own I know you know yeah I know myself well enough to know when that's lucky you know we, we actually had to have an actual interband rule that was no more than two vodkas before the show right. and then it was like they got stronger and stronger, and stronger. Yeah, well that's right yeah. I mean if no one's measuring them then that's, yeah. you know and then it's just ridiculous because the, if they, you start they measuring like your drinks vodkas. before you, then it's like well this is getting a little bit too regimented isn't it? yeah totally What's we're adults to us? here yeah. right we're supposed it's to start acting like them yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah get off my case mum <laughs> yeah fair enough 